What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Oki Podcast. And on this episode, I have, uh, he is an actor, and I have Chase Parker on today. The real Chase Parker. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! His Instagram name. That's how old I am. I didn't know what to put, so I put that one because I saw what everybody else put. <laughs> what, the real? Yeah. <laughs> So you just copied what everybody else is doing? Yeah, for that, like I said, I, I was I just got on Instagram like last year. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, dang. Okay. How's it been? You like it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. <laughs> you know. buy the check mark? No. 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 Not buying that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's cooler now to not have that. Oh yeah. Since you got to buy it now. Yeah, I don't even know what it's for, honestly. Basically, like, it verifies you that you are real. Because oh. I guess, like, a lot of accounts have been getting hacked. And so I know a few accounts that have just gotten hacked. And, I mean, they ran wild on their page. They changed the picture. They changed uh, just anything that's posted. And anything that gets posted is related to, like, Bitcoin or like, um, yeah, crypto or like, uh, I know a few that have said like on the stories, it's like, Hey, if you want to, if you want two grand, let me know. And then it will exchange it for stocks or something. And my friend that happened to my friend, Rob, I don't know what he clicked on, but all of a sudden, like his, his Instagram was just getting hammered. And all of a sudden it went from like podcast posts to crypto posts. And it was just every story was like, if you want to invest, click here, click here, click this link. And it's like, I guess if you click those links, though, that's how you get that's how you get got. See, I have no interest in crypto yeah. either. So, yeah, I'll be good. I think some Hopefully. of them are porn, too. So <laughs> <laughs> I think those are those are bigger on Facebook. Uh. Because I've been getting a lot of friend requests, and I, I check now if they're real, because it's annoying that I have to check now, but the way you can check is if you go to their profile, and you refresh it, and sometimes it's like posts about, I like weight loss, like there's a certain <laughs> video that it shows, and it's like a doctor talking, and it shows like a diagram of a person in their belly, and it shows this pill, and it and it's tagged like hundred hundreds of people on it, and so I know that's fake. And, the, and then the other one is yeah, some yeah. nasty stuff. Oh, I just wow. came across one yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, this person's fake, I guess. So, but yeah, it's really annoying. So everybody, don't click links. Yeah, don't click links. Don't do, don't do that. Don't do any of that, please. Uh, you need your profile, and. And yeah, I mean, you're, there's no way to get your profile back, is what I hear. Dang. You have to make an entirely new one. And it's like, well, isn't like Facebook and Meta supposed to be able to do that stuff mm-hmm. now? But like, they can just get your stuff back. But I don't know. I have no idea. So don't be clicking no links, Chase. No, not yeah. me. Not me. Yeah. Don't be clicking nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> Calling them out on here. At least, yeah, I'm not, I'm not clicking nothing. I'm good. 
things that, yeah, I just make sure that I at least have three mutual friends with that person before I accept them right now. Mm-hmm. If I don't know them from anywhere and they don't have anything to do with any of my other friends, then I don't mess with them. Yeah. It's hard, though. It's hard because uh, I've had a few people that they didn't have anything on their profile, like crazy like that. It was regular posts, so I added them, but they didn't have any mutual friends with me. But I know on Spirit Talkers and even on this one, I say, if you want to add me, my Facebook is Russell Sun Eagle. And, but the, it was cool because those people were like, they messaged me about the podcast and stuff. Right. So I was like, okay. See, at least you got that. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah verification of they're real. Yeah. But yeah. So social media can be annoying. Yeah. I've had a lot of people on Instagram like become my friend and then message me that they want to do a portrait of me. <laughs> What? Yeah, they want to take one of my pictures and make it into a portrait or make it into a painting. I've had three of them like that. One wanted to do like a pencil drawing. One was like an oil painting. And then this last one was another painting. So, What would you say? No? I just well, I have not answered any of them, I don't think. <laughs> I just let them be my friends. So it just adds up. <laughs> Keep wishing. Yeah. Keep wishing you can. <laughs> that, might, that might turn weird, actually. Yeah. <laughs> this picture's not going to work, Chase. Can you... Send another one. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I usually get a hey if you want to increase your followers uh, by a hundred thousand or something, pay us pay us this amount of money and we'll we'll get you like over a hundred thousand followers soon. And then there's even like fake sponsorships. I had a few of those and one I almost fell for one. It was uh I I've told this was, told this before, but it was like a knockoff uh um this is like a knockoff shaving kit and <laughs> the other one I forgot the name of the other one, but it it was a knockoff of that one and and I was looking at it and I was like Was it for like the whole body trim- yeah, trimmer? Yeah, whole body trimmer, <laughs> yeah. And it was like, Man, we'd love to have you uh we'd love to have you and sponsor you and you promote our product. And this is like early, like when I first started this, like Ooh. a couple months in. And yeah. so I remember reading it and just trying to look up that product. And they had a website, but it looked fishy. And so I asked a bunch of people and they're like, I don't know, it looks legit. <laughs> and they just said like, email us. And then, but then like, um, I think I messaged them like, well, what's the steps of doing it? Like, what's the actual process of you, of me uh, showing your product off? And they said it was just a long steps of stuff. And then at the end of the steps, it was like a long conversation. And, and But the end, it was like, just give us your card number. And then and then that, that way we can transfer money to your account. And I was like, that doesn't work like that. Cause no, you nope. To, you have to do it through your <laughs> bank account. But I'm not. No, like I'm not going to give you any of my information. So Nope. And then after I said that, that product page just disappeared. Like it turned into a blank profile. And I was like, oh, almost got got. Almost got got. <laughs> yeah, that's it. When I, first, yeah, when I first started acting and stuff and started doing like auditions, uh-huh. they had, I got an email. I think this happened to me twice. I got an email of somebody wanting me to 
um, I think try on their clothes or something or, mm. or model their clothes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I started seeing what, or no, they're going to do a commercial, but they wanted to send all the wardrobe here. It was this big, long email about how they were going to send the wardrobe here. Mm-hmm. But what you need to do is if you put, if you um, buy $500 worth of this, stuff we'll send it to you because it would just be faster it'd be mm. faster be easier and then once we get there we'll give you 1500 and then you know they they made it sound like it was really it sounded almost really legit mm-hmm. they had a website so i went to the website it actually had a website with stuff and they even had um uh the photographer it was actually a real photographer had real work mm-hmm. but then i just contacted that photographer off of another website and he said he had knows nothing about what? anything that's going on <laughs> and that he's not a part of anything like that and then i started and i'm um on facebook i'm part of these other actor groups and i started asking around about what are kind of the scams going on mm-hmm. and they said yeah this is definitely a scam don't talk to them don't do nothing with them <laughs> i was like oh okay <laughs> <laughs> i mean but yeah once they started asking for money i usually stop right there anyway so yeah but i just wanted to let everybody else know out there yeah. Don't give anybody any money to do anything up front. Yeah. Nobody yeah. should you should never have to pay for anything ever. Yeah. No. Yeah, it's good information because uh I didn't I kind of figured it would happen to actors, but I really had no idea like the things they would ask you to do. But I guess model clothes and just give us this and then we'll yeah, or buy buy a five hundred bucks worth I mean, of clothes. And they made it all sound like in the email. It made it sound really. Oh yeah, that does make sense. Why you would want to do that? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh okay. But it's like that. As soon as they start asking for money, that's when I always no. Plus I'm broke, so yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't front you the money no matter what. Now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would, but. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, yeah, but if you loan me five hundred, I'll pay you back once you get here. I can do that. <laughs> Man, yeah, it's pretty scary out there. So nobody fall for these tricks. Mm-hmm. I know it's getting crazy. I mean, there's so many hacked accounts and bots. Yeah, just fucking the shit out there that, man, you shouldn't never click on anything, even when I commentate. Uh, for Lone TV Productions, we in our chat, there'll be just people that say, hey, click this link to watch our uh, stream of the game. And they'll say, like, NBC, ABC. And then there was one even that was a fake, uh, fake OSSAA account that seemed real. But that one was fake too. OSSA is the uh, Oklahoma Secondary School, whatever association. And every time I'm like, nobody click these links. <laughs> nobody click these links. Report them uh-huh. and let's ban them. Because if you click these links, they're probably gonna just run wild on your on your on your page or something. Hulkamania. So. Yep. Yeah, they'll be running wild. So yeah, it's so stupid, man. Yeah, it's so it's so stupid that we have to go through that now. Yeah, even before I started acting, I was I'm friends with a lot of other like artists, and mm-hmm. I see their work all the time. And then you see these like on Facebook Native American Heritage. I think that's a big fake uh, Facebook page, but they'll put other people's work, pass it off as their own, oh, yeah. or they take other people's photos. Yeah not even have the right name you know but 
I'll just tag people and they all, look, they got your work. I know somebody had to, I forget who it was. It? One of the beaters out in California, the one that did um, the one of um, Ice Cube. Oh, he, he beat it that Medellin. Yeah. Yeah. I know he had to get onto somebody pretty bad. Oh, my God. Because they were using his work for something. Whoa. Yeah, that too. Uh, I know on our Pawnee Nation page, or post or something, or I think it's veterans, the veterans thing, the veterans organization too. They'll they'll post stuff, but there's like accounts that will say, "Hey, click this link for merch," mm-hmm. and it's not us, like it's not from Pony Nation or anything. And I'm like, at first, I almost clicked it because I was like, "Dang," because it's the exact same picture of what they posted, but it's more merch that they ran out of that point that our nation ran out of. So. It's like, and I actually looked at it, and I looked, I clicked on the person that was posting, it and I was like, they have no affiliation with who anybody is around here, and it's like, okay, this is a fake account then, and they're actually stealing artwork. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> it's so stupid, man. So anybody out there, report that stuff and yep. get them off Facebook. Yep. yep. And don't fall for it. Don't fall for it. Don't be like me in the beginning. <laughs> And we're sending off money. Um, okay, I'll, 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 I need 100,000 followers. Yeah. Yeah. For real. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I'll, I'll pay for that. <laughs> I'll pay for 100,000 followers. I mean, it seems too good to be true. It's too good to be true. <laughs> oh, man. But, Chase, are you, so are you from here? Where are you from oh, originally? Okay. So I was born in Minnesota on a nice sunny day in July. No, I don't know. Yeah, I was born in St. Paul, Minnesota. You're from Minnesota? I was born in Minnesota. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I was born in Minnesota and then moved to Montana, then moved to Kansas, then moved to Tulsa, then moved to New Orleans, stayed in New Orleans until I was eight, then moved back to Tulsa. Stayed here all through high school. I went to Haskell Indian Nations University off and on <laughs> for four years. Nice. And then I never graduated, unfortunately. Um, but came back here, got married to my wife, Erin. We moved back to Lawrence so she could go to Haskell. She graduated easily. And then <laughs> <laughs> came back to Tulsa and then been here ever since. Whoa. So yeah, I had no idea you moved around so much. Yeah, my my dad he was like he used to work for I don't whenever computers used to be real big and took up a lot of rooms and stuff he used to like go in there and help clean them and stuff. Mm. I think that's what he did. Really? Yeah, he learned that from Haskell. That's where my parents met. Oh, for real? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, my dad's from uh, Rocky Boy, Montana. My mom's from, well, they grew up in Lawrence, Kansas, but all of our family's here in Tulsa and the surrounding area, Tahlequah and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, Where'd you go to school at here? Um, Tulsa Public Schools, then uh, high school went to Union. Okay. Yeah. How long ago was that? Dang, I graduated in 01. Really? Yeah. Oh, dang. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I graduated in 06. So, okay. Yeah, you were 
I'd say a senior when I was in eighth grade. Cool. Yeah. Because I got to high school in 02. Just trying to figure out that high school life. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. High school was weird for me, especially because of the whole mascot thing. Yeah, true. Yeah, it was um, Union used to be the Redskins, if you didn't know. Yeah. And then, like, that whole time I was going there, I hated it. I was, I didn't want to be there. Yeah, it was, it, it really messed with me in my head. I don't know. And I didn't know how to handle it at that age because during the prep rallies, we would all go in there and then we'd have a white guy dressed up, you know, in buckskin pants, face paint, mm-hmm. and just running up and down, you know, just, you know, doing what, you know, what a pep rally does. And then they, everybody, and me, I think there was only one, two, four or five identifiable Native Americans mm-hmm. that I knew of. And we all knew each other, but we didn't have classes together because I graduated with a class of like almost 2,000 kids. Mm-hmm. So I knew of them, but we didn't know each other. And I think, so I didn't have a, a group that I could like, you know, talk to about all this or anything like that. But that really, I got depre- I got depressed really bad in high school because um, I just didn't know how to handle any of that. that. But I did go into art. Art helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. And then also church. Church helped me a lot. I used to go to, uh, it used to be Bowen Indian Baptist Church over there on the west side of town by the, by where the um, Outsiders house. Oh, okay. Right there on that street. Mm-hmm. And uh, we used to, there used to be a big youth group and it was like 40, 40 kids deep. So that was my refuge back then. Mm-hmm. But then I went to Haskell and that's, everything changed. I guess it, in high school, I didn't talk to nobody. I didn't want to be talked to. Mm-hmm. And I just hung out by myself. At least this was at school. Yeah. But outside of school, when I went to church, you couldn't tell. I was, you know, happy. I was laughing, joking around with everybody. Mm-hmm. And just two completely different people. Yeah. And that's probably why I didn't do well in school. I didn't do well in school at all. I was always in summer school, always. Then I went to high school. I just had way too much fun in Haskell being free. Mm-hmm. So that's a big reason why I didn't, you know, graduate from there either. Yeah. But I've always wondered, like, uh, just the the natives at, like, Union when that time was of the Redskin era. They're the Red Hawks now, right? Yeah. So I always wondered, like, <clears throat> what that was like for... It was it was natives like that went to school there during that time of like you said, just a white guy wearing face paint, a headdress. I'm assuming. Yeah, and then you know everybody running out of the teepee. Oh yeah, I remember they, they used to do that too. You know the fake drumming, all that kind of stuff. And it was oh dude. Yeah, I mean, so like, I know my culture. I know where I come from, and I know that this is wrong. Yeah. And I couldn't at that time. I couldn't separate the two, and. Um, Everybody, and that was the other thing. I got called into the office one day. This I thought this was really weird. Mm-hmm. I got called into the office one day, and a counselor or an assistant principal, somebody, came up to me and showed me the the mascot image, and asked me, "What do you think of this?" And I, you know, at that time, I didn't talk to nobody. I just shrugged it and like, "Well, you do know another native student drew this." I was just like, "So what?" You know, I didn't think I didn't know how to deal with it. Because I was, like I said, I wasn't just a high school student. Mm-hmm. But 
the fact that they brought me into the office to ask me that, I just that always rubbed me the wrong way. Because mm-hmm. they were just telling me, you need to be proud. Basically, you need to be proud of this. You mm-hmm. need to be happy about this. And I'm just like, yeah, this is weird. I, I wanted to leave. I didn't want to be there. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. Like, but that's why it was weird. I didn't, for me, I didn't have, you know, everybody goes and goes into football games, especially at Union. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't go. Uh, everybody goes to the basketball game. I didn't go. I didn't get to do any of that. I didn't want to be there. I'd, I'd skip the prep rallies or pep rally, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to participate in anything at school. And the thing, I think my, my end of my senior year, the last semester, I just decided to forget all that and just to see what would happen if I just pretended like this mascot didn't, like if I didn't, I just wanted to see what would happen if I just be, uh, was just myself that I am outside of school. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it was night and day difference, but I had to, I had to basically put that mascot aside and just, I don't know, it was really weird, but yeah. put it aside and just let myself become myself, and then things changed. I, I ended up like you know talking to a bunch of people to have them getting friends. People, this in that last semester, not that everything turned around just because of my mindset changed, but it was still weird. I shouldn't have had to. I don't want to say compromise myself because I just wanted to see what would happen. Mm-hmm. But basically, I had to just forget that that mascot was there just to, in order for me to be myself because mm-hmm. the whole other time I didn't want to be thought of as that mascot. Yeah. I didn't want to be thought of as whatever the stereotype that everybody else was thinking. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, I would, some people would ask me what, you know, how I felt about it. I'd tell them I don't like it, but then they would tell me, but you need to feel like this, mm-hmm. you know, we're honoring you, you know, they're, they're, all that stuff. And I just, I, I can't fight 2000 people. Yeah. So it's hard. Like when you're, a kid, right? Like you're a kid, but like with you, you understood like it was a a, a wrong thing to have happen at that school, mm-hmm. especially to you and the other five students you said that mm-hmm. were there. Is it one of them was a cheerleader? She uh-huh. just embraced it. Oh, and, really? Yeah, she just embraced it, and uh-huh. so it was like, but that's how she dealt with it. Yeah, true. You know, it's either you embrace it or you don't. You don't, and you don't participate. Yeah. So that's the thing. It's either a lonely existence or you just embrace it and just go with it. I couldn't embrace it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't figure out how to live with it at the same time, I guess. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was like, I look back and I mean, for me, I really didn't understand it enough to hate it or love it. It was just kind of confusing because Redskin was such a, it was a toss around term, right? Like, yeah, like it felt fine if it was said or brought up or even uh, looked at on TV wait, with the Washington Redskins, right? That's what was weird. Like, whenever I go to like church or I was around other Indians, we go powwows and stuff. Like mm-hmm. I said, Indians. I don't. Yeah. We would say this interchangeably. I used to wear an Indian's hat, Cleveland hat. Mm-hmm. You know, I go up to Montana. There was no pushback ever. You know, they were doing the same thing. True. Yeah. So it was like at that time in the 90s, everybody wore Indians hats. Everybody did. But it was because they weren't representing it well, I guess. Yeah. Because I know like the Seminoles, the Seminole Nation, uh, yeah, the Seminole Nation okayed for Florida Seminoles to use their, uh, was it Chief Osceola? 
I think so, yeah. They, 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 they okayed that. I thought that was the right way to do it. If mm-hmm. you're going to have a mascot, mm-hmm. get with your local tribe and work with them. Mm-hmm. And then if they say it's okay, I'm not going to. But be respectable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. As long, like I said, as long as that, that tribe says it's okay, mm-hmm. that's on them. Yeah. It is, yeah. To uh, take care of the representation, I guess, mm-hmm. that that school is trying to do. Mm-hmm. And that's wild, dude. Like that's that's like really wild to think about how I don't know. Just I'm trying to I don't know. Like I don't know what I would do if I were if I was in that position. Like I said, because even like we were talking about like older people, it was they would be like, oh, it's fine, mm-hmm. you know. And then we listen to older people, so that's kind of how I was. Like I was in between, but I was kind of more of like, well, if they say it's okay, then I guess. I think it was like it was always okay between us. Like, or when I say us, I mean us as Indian people. Yeah, us as natives. It was okay between us back then. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was not okay for them. When I say them, non-natives, mm-hmm. it it just didn't sit with me well at all. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know at that age how to handle that because, like you said, outside of it, when I'm around us, mm-hmm. it's fine. But yeah. when I see others doing it that aren't that aren't native. And just they weren't like that. They weren't doing it right. They weren't doing it respectful. There's just a lot of things because you know in powwow culture, there's a lot of protocol. Yeah, you don't just wear things to be wearing things. Everything means something. Mm-hmm. And for them, I wouldn't call it regalia. I'd call it a costume. Yeah, because that's all it was to them. And but I couldn't. At my now at my age, I'm 40. I can separate everything, and mm-hmm. it, like it doesn't. I know it's wrong, but it doesn't hurt my feelings anymore. It doesn't affect me in any way whatsoever but i do know what's wrong yeah and i want it changed i even i was part of help getting the mascot changed just in the fact that i went to the meetings Mm -hmm. i was there to um my my presence was there to you know show support to those that were actually you know um mess or talking and stuff like that i went to all the meetings to help uh, change this mascot to the red hawks Mm -hmm. so i was really happy that day because i guess i've always wanted to Union is a great school. I've mm-hmm. always said this even back then. Union had great teachers. It was a great education. I just wish, I don't know, I just wish I was there or I wish somebody was there to help me make sense of everything in order yeah. to fully participate in the high school experience. Because mm-hmm. I feel like I did not get that because of that mascot. Yeah. Well, it's hard, man. It's hard because you mentioned a lot of stuff that like one I don't know like I never been to a union football game when I was like growing up because I I played football anyway so I mean I'd only see like the highlights on TV and I remember when they would run out of the teepees I do remember that but I mean they show it so quick it was just kind of like a blink and it was gone Mm -hmm. and then to hear you talk about how would you say they would drum yeah they had drum they did the tomahawk chop they did you know, they had, um, you know, other kids would dress up, you know, yeah. like whatever you think, like at a Chiefs game, damn, you yeah. know, or at a Washington game, they do, all, they do all that. Yeah. And then, well, I mean, I'm glad it's like, I'm glad you helped change, like went to the meetings and helped change all. And I remember when that stuff was happening, like people were trying to get it to change and everything. And God, the comments were just so nasty on those, uh, the post of like, channel six or whatever whoever was posting stuff about like 
you know, this would be a great thing if, you know, uh, Union followed suit with what's happening and becoming more aware about these uh, terms, like uh, the whole Redskin thing and everything. And I remember, I remember, like, we played a team at Winniewood. You ever heard of Winniewood? Yeah. And they're called the Savages. And see, back then, like, it, like I played, we played against them in the second round or something like that. My senior year, and, and this was at Pawnee. Th- this was yeah, I was at Pawnee, and we went all the way to Winniewood. I never even heard of Winniewood, and I remember we drove down. I didn't even know their mascot name, but I remember like we were driving through their town, <laughs> and they had somebody shot arrows through like a black bear print i guess that was on in the middle of the street mm-hmm. there were like arrows in it and so i i didn't know their mascot name or anything and so i just like i was like that's that's crazy you know mm-hmm. i never like that's aggressive right and so but we get there and there's this giant like just indian mascot running around with like just the old characteristics of like how they would draw some cartoons and stuff. And so I just remember seeing that. And then some of those guys, man, like, cause there's probably like, we had, we had, we had some natives on there on the football team and they were like talking crazy, like trying to get us riled up and get us ejected and stuff. And there, <laughs> it was some harsh words that were being said and they would, I don't know. They try to war hoop and stuff in our face and everything. And I remember that stuff, but I just, they always said like, keep your cool. Yeah. You know? And, but we beat them anyways, but I remember that. <laughs> and then they were called the savages. And so, but I never knew back then, like we were called that. Right. I never knew we were called savages because I just wasn't really taught a lot about history and everything. Like the real history of us, because it was a public school. So we had to learn about, Lincoln and Washington, all that stuff, you know. And See, I guess that's then once I got to high school, especially since I started going to this the, the Union, I started going to the library at lunch because, and then I started reading books by like Russell Means. I started reading books by Vine Delorean. Mm-hmm. I started reading like there's all these books I could get my hands on, mm-hmm. and then that kind of helped. That started shaping my mind too, mm-hmm. and so I kind of got a little militant back then. <laughs> but yeah, it was a weird time. I got. I would even say there was a lot of things going on outside of school and at home that was kind of helping lead through this. But at one point I did get a little suicidal, mm-hmm. but that only, that didn't last very long, thankfully, mm-hmm. because I was like, I, said, I was getting really depressed and I was just, and I think at that point I knew I needed to make a change mm-hmm. and like I said, church helped out a lot. Um, so I leaned on church. I leaned on the friends I had there Mm -hmm. and that helped out a whole lot. And it wasn't so much like just talking with them about any of this. Cause I don't think I really ever talked to anybody about this until I got married and then talked to my wife, Mm -hmm. but I would just go there and have fun with them. That's what showed me that there's life outside of this, this one spot. I know I have to be here, you know, for so many, but I could leave Mm-hmm. and go somewhere else where there are people like me, where I do see people like me. And mm-hmm. that's what happened when I went to Haskell. That was like my own personal little Wakanda. Mm-hmm. You know, I go there, everybody looks like you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's crazy. It's like going from a school where I might see 
one other native or identifiably native person mm-hmm. that week to going to see I wake up, I come out my door and everybody is native. My roommate was you know, everybody's native. Mm-hmm. Teachers are native. It's, it's it was oh, I loved Haskell so much. Yeah. Just Lawrence in general, just so many natives there. It's complete uh one eighty. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. That's how it was for I. Like I went to I I mean we had natives at school and everything, but <clears throat> Pawnee's a small town, it's a small school and when I went to I, it was all natives like that, like you were talking about. And I was, I was personally, I was uh, intimidated by that <clears throat> because a lot of them knew who they were and then who their tribe was, mm-hmm. their language, their culture. Like they knew, uh, like a lot of them knew everything about who they are. Yeah. And they spoke their language and introduce themselves in their language and everything. Oh. I didn't know any of that. Like I, I was there and I was like, man, like, should I know this stuff? <laughs> you know, but like, I don't know. But I, there I started reading a lot and I started, le- I started reading a lot more about, I started learning more about our history and everything. And, and it was cool because, uh, people that went there that were a little older, they knew like my tribe's history. Cause I told them I, would, I was Pawnee they're like, oh, like, you know, your chief was this guy, and, you know, you, do you come from him? And I, I was like, I have no idea. Like, <laughs> I was like, I just know I'm Pawnee, and I'm from, like, Pawnee, Oklahoma. And then I think that's where, like, I I learned we were relocated, actually, was in school. I had to read about it because I didn't know who to ask. And at home, like, I just, I did what I did. I just kind of stayed, stayed to myself, too. But, like, it wasn't a top priority for me, I guess. But then again, I was also afraid to ask questions because I felt like I should already know this stuff. And I just don't want to be looked at as like a dummy or something like, dang, like, like you're, you're native. Like you should already know this. Like it should be in your head already about what happened to us and you know, how we were moved to here and everything. And just like all these things, because like Oklahoma is like a big territory of just a lot of tribes. Mm hmm. And it, it, to me, it just felt like I couldn't ask anything. I was afraid. I'm, I'm sure I could have. I'm sure I could have asked, but I was shy, and it took a lot for me to come out of my shell. But I did. I helped me with that. It helped me learn how to come out of my shell, stop being so shy. Mm-hmm. And yes, I had a lot of fun. You know, I had I had so much fun there, and so I think that was like a great move for me because I got to hang out with a lot of natives from all over the world like it wasn't just like here from oklahoma they were everywhere california montana uh, yeah. just everywhere man it was it was it was a great experience for me that's cool yeah, was, yeah. haskell was awesome yeah i yeah i encourage all y'all if anybody can't get into you know the school that you want or whatever even if, haskell should be a first choice honestly it, it's great I know that it is a great education Especially, yeah, because they also do programs to where you can transfer to KU. Mm-hmm. And so they do a lot of good stuff. Well, you know what's crazy is, like, I talk about this. I talked about this with uh, our other instructor, Taylor. He was like, we were talking about native schools, like native colleges, native universities. And <clears throat> he was asking me about IA and everything. And I was telling him more stuff about it. And we were talking about how we didn't know there were so many native universities out there like Fort Lewis. 
I didn't know I existed. My aunt told me about I. The only things that we knew about was Haskell and... Like Sippy or something? Uh, no, I didn't even know about Sippy. No. I didn't know about Sippy. We, I knew about Haskell. Oh, but we were talking about like the only colleges we knew about was Haskell, OU, UCO, OSU, NOC, NSU, and there's one now east in Miami. And just like the big colleges you would see on TV, like playing football. But like we would never, I never knew that I existed. And then when I got to I, I heard about Sippy. And then, like, Navajo Tech and uh, Blackfoot. Uh, what's it called? That We played them at AHEC and SKC. Like, there's a lot of, like, native community or native universities out there that are just, like, f- for natives, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And Fort Lewis. Yeah, there's a lot of tribes that have their own colleges now. And then, like, back, yeah, back in the early 90s and 90s 2000s bacon used to be a lot bigger oh, bacon i forgot about bacon yeah that, that's another one we knew about too bacon but yeah we were just saying like he was saying like had i known about i or like all these other things that i know now i probably would have applied to applied to them because like i think he went to dang where did he go to his first shot i can't remember tay i shouldn't be I shouldn't even be telling your business, but <laughs> <laughs> no, but I forgot where he went, but he was just saying like, if had I known more about like other universities out there, like for natives, I probably would have applied there and went there. Did you guys have a, um, what do you call it? Uh, my wife works for them. Like an Indian education program. Where at? at in Pony? high school. Yeah. No. no, see that we had one at union, but it was not good. Compared mm-hmm. to like Tulsa Public Schools, it has a great one. Mm-hmm. They send their kids. They go to like the Challenge Bowl down in, down in uh, Creek Nation has, mm-hmm. where they have to learn language. So my wife, who's not Creek, knows probably more Creek words than she knows anywhere else, mm-hmm. any other language because of that. But yeah, yeah. And then they'll take them up to Haskell and show them around to do you know tour the campus. Mm-hmm. Um, what else they do? They, oh, they do Unity. Have you ever heard of Unity? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Well, whoever hasn't, it's just a big group of other native um, high schoolers. They all come together, and it changes location every year. Uh, I think this past year was in D.C. Um, yeah. I, got, I got to go twice with Erin because she took a group of kids. I went to Orlando and San Diego and Dallas. But it's just, yeah, just native high school kids from everywhere, and they all come and then they do leadership conferences and stuff like that. And so it's, they usually get really good people to come talk. Um, so, yeah, get involved in your Indian education program. If you have any kind of make them do stuff because they have to do it. They're run, they're run by the parents. So the parents can tell them what they want and what they want their kids to do. So. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like you said, I was, I was probably pretty much the same. I grew up, you know, in the city, and my dad – he knows his ways from Montana, but he never really taught me anything either. So he knew how to dance. He used to be a fancy dancer. Supposedly he was really good. Um, he used to sing and drum and all that. He, you know, he used to when I was really little. That's what that's how he'd put me to sleep was sing songs and stuff. Mm-hmm. But he never taught me any of that. But that was because my parents were busy surviving basically from yeah. day to day. So it was just a lot of that. So I was. I had to learn everything I learned was through my cousins because my cousins, um, they do a lot of dancing. They go to powwows. So I'd go to powwows with them. Mm-hmm. And so 
I was going to like Stroud powwow, Copan, Quapaw, doing all those powwows. Um, always do the Tulsa powwow. Always do Sky Took. I grew up going, yeah, I grew up going to those. Pawnee, used to go go, go to Pawnee on the 4th for that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, where else? Yeah, just many of them I could go. Then Rocky Boy Powell, we used to go to that one. That one's huge. That one's great. If you can ever go to it, it's, it used to be, the, I don't know if it still is, but it used to be considered the biggest outdoor powwow in the United States. Whoa. Yeah. I remember one year they did a... What was it a bear dance? I don't remember, but it was they did some dance, but it took like three hours because all the dancers had to do it. It might have been just grand entry, but I don't remember. Dang. Yeah, it was a long grand. It was a long dance. <laughs> I want to go check that one out. <clears throat> I've heard of Rocky Boy, but never got the chance to go check it out. Yeah, I have to go up there. It's beautiful. It's like the start of the um, Rocky Mountains. Is where it is what it is. Oh, okay. So it's really cool. It's like twenty miles, or no? Yeah. 20 or 30 miles south of the Canadian border. Mm-hmm. So it's it's up there. Whoa. Yeah. I was going to ask you too, uh, what, what were your, what were you like trying to major, I guess, in at Haskell? When I was in high school. Or Haskell. Yeah, at, at Haskell. But high school, I started taking, um, a, what is it, a Photoshop class. Oh, okay. So I was doing a lot of Photoshop and a lot of art. That's those are the things that really excited me, and I would go to those places at lunch and stuff to get away from everybody, mm-hmm. and work on stuff. So I thought maybe I wanted to be a. Um, I don't even know what you call it anymore now. Um, back then it was a digital designer, I guess. Mm. But Haskell didn't really have that, so I started doing business classes there, and I think that's why I kind of fell off because none of that really interests me. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I used, I just ended up just playing a lot of basketball, honestly. Oh, really? I never made the, the basketball team up there. I tried out once. Mm-hmm. But like I said, the, the difference between, you know, the guy coming off the street to guys who played their whole life playing basketball is huge. Yeah. <laughs> it's a huge leap. Those guys were bigger, stronger, faster, you know, all that. So even at that level. But Haskell was – they were a mean team back then. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was good. But I ended up traveling a lot, too, with uh, – the, the, the called the Tecumseh guys, the guys that played uh, just open runs every day. We'd go. They took me to South Dakota, and then started going down to New Mexico, playing basketball. Um, everywhere in Oklahoma, I've played. Um, yeah, it was that was that's what that was my other thing. I I leaned on a lot was basketball. That helped me out all through high school. Mm-hmm. That helped me make friends was bas- was through basketball because I was I was pretty decent playing um, I could go to any court in Tulsa and, you know and just be a really good basketball player mm-hmm. and that's all people would see me as they wouldn't see me as you know oh look it's the Indian kid it'd be well at first it'd be you can't play because you're Indian but then once I played and then beat him it's oh I want him on my team you know so <laughs> it always worked out it's a baller. Yeah. <laughs> the professor. <laughs> it wasn't like that, though. I couldn't do any of that. I was just, uh, I'm only 6'2", but I played like a, I played a big man's position. I played the post. So mm-hmm. at 6'2", I could still back down. I, I wasn't afraid of anybody. I like getting hurt. I got scars all over my eyes just from getting Dang. elbowed and stuff. So it was, I had a good time. <laughs> <laughs> I would hate to play against you, Chase. <laughs> 
<laughs> you can probably beat me now, though. My knees are like 60 years old. Shoot. Mine, too. <laughs> Mine are 90. My back. Yeah, my back. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it seems like I turned 30, everything started falling apart. Yeah. That's when I blew my ACL out. Really? Yeah, I had to stop playing. That's when I, well, that's when I stopped playing, kind of, basically. Then I tried to get back into it once I everything healed. I got, yeah, I got pretty decent again, but then um, it just wasn't as fun mm-hmm. because I couldn't, because there was a certain level I was used to playing at, and then you just never get back there. I was never as fast. I could never jump as high, and but so it was, because that was my game, was basically just rebound, throw it to the guard, and then just take off. And then they'd throw it back. It was always just a fast-paced, you know, run-and-gun type game. Yeah. And then once I couldn't do that, I tried, you know, this, this. Then defense. I was a liability on defense after that, too. Really? Because I couldn't keep up with the guys anymore because I used to guard guards and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, couldn't do it anymore. I guess uh, that's how it was for jiu-jitsu for me, too. Because I, when I got into jiu-jitsu, man, I fell in love with it. I'd wanted to do MMA, but... I just when I got better at jujitsu, it just felt more comfortable, and I was like winning in tournaments and everything. And I got hurt, and I took a break, and I gained some weight, and then it just kind of felt like that was like my third year. Then I got my blue belt, but it just felt like it just wasn't the same. Like my, I was interested, but I wasn't, and I was more afraid of like having a major injury with no health insurance whatsoever. I mean, IHS, but what are they going to do? Tell me to walk on it still and give me a bunch of ibuprofen. <laughs> just kidding, IHS. <laughs> but, no, like, I was just afraid, like, I'd snap my elbow or break my shoulder or something crazy. Like, something always happens in jiu-jitsu, but I was just afraid that would happen and I wouldn't have nothing to get surgery or fix or repair whatever happened to me and so i just got out of it and i was like i'd always say like i'm gonna go back i'm still a blue belt i'm gonna go back but damn it's been 10 years now since i've done jujitsu but i think i still know like muscle memory yeah everything like it stays with you just because i did it every single day for three years or I'd say like two and a half and I got hurt and then but I did it all the time and I watched videos and I watched every fight I could and I just fell in love with it but yeah it just wasn't the same now I'm 35 and I kind of want to do it again but then again it's like I know Mm -hmm. 30s it's like but you get that man strength though Mm -hmm. right like you get like this man strength and so but then again, I'm brittle. <laughs> I think I'm pretty brittle. <laughs> oh man, I just, I just I got back. I just now started playing. I've been. I say I quit playing basketball, but I still play every now and then. Mm. I'm like I play with my my nephew, who by the plays for Union now. Thankfully, that's the Red Hawks. He plays for the Red Hawks. He's it's Big E. If we're all those, yeah, seven foot one. Oh, okay. Big E. Is that your nephew? Yeah. Okay. That's my nephew. Yeah, he's a g- really good guy. Him. Yeah. And then my other nephew, Elias, he plays for them. And then our my uh, my niece, she plays volleyball for them and cheerleads for them. Mm-hmm. So they're all coming up as Red Hawks, though. So I'm very happy that they're doing that. 
Mm-hmm. Like I said, Union's a great school, great education, great teachers, all that. The Indian Ed Department needs some work, but <laughs> everything else is good. <laughs> and now that the mascot is gone, I can finally, you know, buy a. I can buy finally buy a Union T-shirt. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't own a yearbook. I didn't go to the prom. I didn't, just so I didn't want to support them. Yeah. And it was just all out of protest. Yeah. So now I can do all of that. It feels great. Mm-hmm. So, but what was that? Oh yeah, basketball. Oh, you said you're playing. You still play it every now and again. Yeah, I play yeah. every now and then. Uh, yeah, I'll go to the Y, play some pickup now and then because I just need cardio, cardio, yeah. cardio. So, sure. and I hate just running. So I started doing that again. Um, but yeah, I play with my cousin. We'll go down to False Creek. Have you ever heard of False Creek? I've been to False Creek You've when been I was f- younger. Okay, well, yeah. I've been going since I was like twelve. I still go. We take a bunch of kids down there. He comes. We played in that three on three. Mm-hmm. So that's that's been really cool to play with him. Um, what else? I got my stuff stolen there twice. Oh. <laughs> the first time I had this awesome watch my dad bought me. It was a digital watch, but it was pretty cool. And I mean, it was probably bound to happen anyways. But I we went swimming, and I sat it on his table. And when I went back, it was gone. Yeah, well. <laughs> it's like I was like, oh, crap, man. And then I told my dad. He's, he got all mad, and but then he was like, "Dang, it's supposed to be a Christian place, and people out there stealing." And then, the second year I went, I had clothes stolen from my bag, and he got mad at that. And he was like, "You're not going back no more because <laughs> people are stealing your stuff." And and I had like it was like jeans and shirts that were stolen, and I just never got. I didn't know who did it. I never knew. Who, well, yeah, that's the thing though about like church and stuff. Church is for people who are hurt people who are sick people who are I mean, just think of it like a hospital mm-hmm. so you got people in there that aren't christians yet yeah. or, or just becoming christian but they still you know god's still working on them or whatever yeah so it's it's still it's still the world even when you go to a place like Falls creek it's still things happen mm-hmm. i had fun though yeah. i met some cousins i didn't know i had <laughs> and we got to hang out the entire week but it was fun but he was just like he was just like upset because like he bought him like he bought me all my stuff and they were just like taken yeah and I came back with like uh, like a few pants and shirts and he was like where's all your stuff at I was like uh <laughs> it's gone <laughs> it got stolen it got stolen at church camp <laughs> oh god so I think that was like when I was twelve and thirteen oh this is the last time I ever went there and so but. It was cool. I mean, I know there's a lot of changes that have happened there. When I was there, they had an old arbor. Oh, you you were there for that? Yeah, I was there oh, for that. Cool. Old, they had that giant old arbor that was made out of wood. And yeah, everybody sat outside. Yeah, yeah, everybody sat outside. It was hot. Mm-hmm. And then we, everybody wore pants though. Yeah, everybody wore pants, yeah. shirts. And we had to wake up in the morning, get there by seven, I think. Yep. To have free time and then do something at one or two or noon. And then have your free time, and then I think that, I think service is like seven or six. Yep. And it lasted till like nine, and then you had free time to like walk around in the little mm-hmm. town area, I guess. And I mean, it was a, uh, it was fun, but I, <laughs> I didn't really understand church. Yeah. So I was just like, I was like, I might skip, I might skip today, but they're <laughs> like, you can't do that because they take a roll or something. <laughs> Yeah, it puts the good all the classes, yeah. all the good stuff. <laughs> but yeah, 
I know that's weird. I was that kid. I was skipping and stuff. I'd do. Oh, really? Yeah, I'd go to. I think one time we, we all like three of us all hid under our beds until everybody left. But then somebody came in and some no, there was a kid sleeping. He is he was sick. He was really sick, and mm-hmm. he got told he could stay. We didn't know that, but we was all hiding, and somebody came in and started yelling at him, thinking he was skipping class, mm-hmm. and we thought there was he was talking to us. <laughs> So we get we each kept coming out one by one and the face, the look on his face because he was talking to the other kid, and he was what? <laughs> and like as an adult now, I just can only imagine having to do that yeah, to other right. kids. Yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's funny. It's funny and fun. So are you like a counselor now? Well, or, well, I don't know yeah, what I they're guess, called. I guess I don't know. You do, pa- just uh, um, yeah, I help with the the because there's only so many adults and we take a bunch of uh, youth so mm. I'm, an, I'm one of the head adults chaperone. I guess yeah there you go chaperone yeah I'd call myself that okay but yeah yeah but we have usually have good kids and they always always have fun yeah so that's the yeah so well, it was cool because uh, Josh was Josh Leading Fox was uh, yeah what was he the he was the preacher there the, the, camp, head, the, ca- the, the main preacher? Camp preacher, camp, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was a cool guy. Yeah, I don't know the terms, but he was like the main preacher, yeah. I guess. Because I, I remember when I went, we had several preachers there. But I, I don't know if we had a main one or not. I can't even remember who it was, man. That was so long ago. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that was cool. Josh was there. Josh Leading Fox. Uh, incredible athlete, I should say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, that's pretty cool. He was like the the preacher there for. Is that his? Was that his first time? As the camp preacher, yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. I believe so. Yeah. I watched uh, some of his lives that were. I guess they were on the page. The the page they have, and I was watching some of his lives when I could. Did good. Yeah. Yeah. He did, did real good. good. Did real good. I yeah. should have went. Yeah, just kidding. Skipping class. Open invite, Solid Rock Baptist Church out of Glenpool. Mm-hmm. Where's that? Where's that? Like, is it down south? What? Um, it's in Glenpool. Creek. Oh, it's in. Um, where is it at? Once you get to Ada, you make a right, then you go um, to. What is that town? It's all just. I know where it's at, mm-hmm. but I yeah, I can't remember. Um, Davis. Oh, is it in Davis? Yeah, it's close to Davis. Oklahoma. Oh wow! Yeah. It's over by Turner Falls. There we go. Oh, okay. And we actually rent our cabin from Winniewood. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> I don't know. Now that I know this, I, oh, I got to gotta find a new cabin now. It's horrible. <laughs> Chase. I know. We're done. No, I'm just kidding. Get out. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, when did you... Uh, so let's see. You went to Haskell, and then you didn't graduate. I didn't graduate either. Yeah. Charmin did. Yes. Charmin high graduated. five. High five. But <laughs> I didn't graduate either. I owed a bill because uh, I just kept going up and the things they were making. See, that's the other thing about Haskell Indian Nations University. Very, very affordable. True. Very affordable. And education is still top notch if you go there to be educated. Mm-hmm. No more football team, though. Uh, yeah, no more football team. That's they still got a basketball team. Yeah, do they? Okay. Yeah, they still do pretty good. Okay, 
How was that football team when you were there? Before you move on. Mm. Uh, I don't remember them winning. Really? Yeah. I mean, it, they were cool. I mean, well, I said they thought they were cool. That's the thing. It was always the football players against the basketball players. You know, mm-hmm. that whole thing still was alive and well back then. So I didn't really get along with them as much. But there was there was a lot of cool guys on the team. What years did you go there? I went in 01, 02, 03. So I got married in 04. So 05? Okay. Made, no, 04. I think I took like one semester in 04 just so I could play basketball. And they're in their intramurals. <laughs> How many students were there? Oh, maybe. Like thousands? I, yeah. Really? You think so? Maybe. Maybe. Probably less. Okay. Because I know, do you know Isaiah from Tok Signals? Isaiah. I'd have to see him. Isaiah Lastly, He played football for high school. Oh, okay. But I don't know if you were there at the same time. I know him and Josh graduated from Woodland maybe a year before you graduated. So maybe you might have seen Isaiah there. And then I also had another friend that went there, uh, Ian Echohawk. He was he went there. I don't know if you ever ran into him. Mm-hmm. He's pretty hilarious. I don't think. Yeah, I don't. There was a lot of there was a lot of Oklahoma people that went. That was the other thing too. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew who the Oklahoma people were. Obviously, you know the way we yeah. talk. Yeah, and all the northern guys that are northern guys. It took a it took a while for them to warm up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's like that? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But, you know, but once they did, they were cool. Everybody was cool. That's the thing. It was still a lot better than coming out of the situation I was coming from. Mm-hmm. I loved it. And plus, like I said, I could always, I always told them, you know, my dad was from Montana. And then they'd find out it was Rocky Boy because Rocky Boy was that big powwow. Mm-hmm. You know, all then, oh, okay, you're a cool guy. So, yeah. And like I said, being good at basketball also helps. So. Yeah. Heck, yeah. So you went there from 0105. And then, is that when you started acting? Mm. Or did you kind of had I, a figure? The first time I ever, like, started acting, acting was probably at church at Bowen. They did, um, they used to, we used to, used to do a lot of skits. Um, we used to go to other churches and do skits. Mm-hmm. Um, that was just, for some reason, that's what we did back then in the 90s. If you were an Indian church and you were in the youth group, you're, you guys did skits. You guys led songs. You did, you know, you did everything. They used to have a youth night. We'd go there, mm-hmm. and then we just go back and forth doing skits and stuff. So there was, um, and then we did one huge play. I got to play Jesus. They even like hung me up on the cross. Had to pretend, you know, I was all hurt. You know, I made yeah. my, I made my mom cry. I thought that was like in my head. I thought that was really cool, and I remember doing that. Oh well, the first time I reacted was like in third grade. I did like. I was a, um, what was I? I was a, I was the postman for, I think we were doing Oklahoma. Oh. Yeah, I got to be the uh, Pony Express guy. I had this one little monologue and that was it. Mm-hmm. But it was, I I just remember having a lot of fun with it, you know, and then doing all that stuff at Bowen, always having fun with that because there's just nothing but friends and cousins and just, we'd just be hanging out all the time. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, but once high school ended had nothing to do with acting because there was just nothing really going on, you know, in Oklahoma. Yeah, sure. At least, at least I could, you know, I wasn't in the acting scene in Oklahoma at all. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure there was stuff. I just didn't know about it mm-hmm. until, but then I started meeting people through basketball. Like, uh, well, I knew Chance Rush since I was like 16. 
because he would do stuff at church and stuff. And he was a part of Bowen for a little bit until he moved to Oklahoma city. Mm. And then I, and then he introduced me to Ryan Redcorn and we played basketball together. Yeah. I think we met when I was like in my twenties sometime. I forget when we started playing together, but we ended up getting the team and we used to play uh, basketball around here in Tulsa and he would bring people from um, Pahuska and Hominy and stuff. And we used to run the court pretty good with that guy. And then, um, yeah, he doesn't look like it. Ryan Redcorn can play. Mm-hmm. I will say it again. Ryan Redcorn can play basketball. Not anymore, but yeah. <laughs> We're old now. <laughs> but yeah, so I I got introduced to him. Then I started seeing his work, you know, with the 14. I didn't know who he was. I just thought he was just another basketball. I knew, he, I knew what he did. He did digital stuff. He did commercial type stuff. I didn't know he was... He did like the 1491s and stuff like that until a little later. Mm-hmm. And then what happened? See, yeah, that, that, but still, that wasn't on my radar at all. Cause I just, I, you know, I didn't know what, how to get into acting. It wasn't even a thought of mine to be an actor at all until I wake up one day. It was just a Saturday. And then my wife and my sister come, hey, we're going to go to lunch. I was like, okay. So I get in the car. I'm, I'm hungry. I'm ready to go to lunch. But there's like, all right, first we're going to stop at this hotel, and we're going to um, stand in this line because we want to be extras in a movie. I was like, oh. I was like, all right, whatever. So I'll go stand with him. I stand with him, and I see a bunch of Indians. I'm like, oh, what's what's the movie about? They, they don't know. I still don't know what's going on. So I'm standing in this line. I think 30 minutes in, here's the paperwork you know fill out the paperwork and all right i'll fill it out i just filled it out then we go to the next station they take our picture they take our measurements and then um i think i'm behind my wife and sister they go on they sit down they're waiting for me and then um somebody tells me hey um take this uh go down the hall um and check in with them i was like okay i look at it it's a script i was like crap okay and then i go down the hall they they, you got (laughs) sit here you got 10 minutes learn this Mm-hmm. and we'll call you. I was like, oh, all right. So I sat there. I have no idea what I'm doing. I just tried to memorize. I just memorized it as best as I could. Went in there, three people in a dark room and a camera. And they say, go. And then I just, I just recited what I read. And then I didn't hear. Then that was it for that. And then I didn't hear back for a whole year because of COVID. COVID hits. Mm-hmm. But during that time, I found out that it's because of the writer's strike. I'm not going to say the name of the movie, but it's it's that movie. Mm-hmm. And um, I find out it's them. I find out who's directing it. I find out, you know, the whole cast. I find out what the movie's about. They call me a year later. I'm at work. I get a phone call. And I'm like, hello. It's like, yeah, this is so-and-so from um, whatever casting. We just wanted to know if you still wanted to be in that movie I can't say mm-hmm. and they said and I was like yes yeah 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 they was like okay you, you'll come to this place at this time to do a fitting so I'll go there they fit me for some clothes and stuff for you know period clothes um, try those on I end up doing like 40 40 or 50 days on set mm-hmm. total I'm, I'm, I did every major scene except for one no, two, two scenes. Like there's a, and, but during that time of doing that, you know, I would go to set and I would just, 
I was I did I tried to be as helpful as possible. I tried to be attentive as possible while other people were, you know, back there, you know, you know, sleeping, eating, whatever they were doing. I was always near the set. I was always near the, where the cameras were, just wanting to see how everything worked, mm-hmm. especially with the person who's directing this. I wanted to see what this was, what it was like and watching and just trying to soak it all in. I got to see amazing actors act. I got to see, I ended up being like a stand in for, Trying to think if I can say his name or not. I'm sure I can. I got to be a stand-in for Tatanka Means. Mm. Um, so that was really cool. Um, and what that means is if whenever they say cut, all the first, all the actors will leave the set, but then they need to set up the camera for um, something else. But they need that person there to so they know where to set the camera, how high and everything. And I guess me and Tatanka are kind of same height, same build, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I would go sit in his chair, stand in his seat, you know, um, do whatever, and then they would raise the camera, load the camera, so they could get the shot that they needed. Mm-hmm. So I got to see how that all worked. Um, I got to hear all those guys practice, like I said before the line. You know, I got to hear them interact with the director, which was really cool. Um, but then one day, one of the assistant—I wouldn't say he's an assistant director—he came up to me and asked me. Well, first he says, you know, you've been doing such a good job. You know, we have seen you. We, you know, you're always here you're on time. You, you know, you always do what you're asked. We just wanted to reward you. Would you like to have a line in the movie? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. I was like, you know, so they gave me what I had to say, and then like going from background to you know an actor. It, it, it's a really big switch because in the background they just put you in a room and you're just in there with everybody. Yeah. And then once you become an actor, all of a sudden you get, I got a chair, I got somebody bringing me, you know, food and drink. I got, you know, I'm just sitting in this chair because they don't, because what it is, they just don't want you to leave and not be able to be found whenever it's time mm-hmm. to go because they got a timeline. There's a timeline. If you need to be there, you got to be there. Mm-hmm. And so, and then once I was on camera, the camera was right because it's going to be right there i say my line i did it did a good i I think i did i did as good as i could have but as soon as that camera hit me and it was like action the adrenaline rush and everything was like playing in like at that time the only closest thing i can describe it was like playing in a championship game you know at at, in uh, new mexico for you know all all indian tournament thing down there Mm -hmm. It was just like three, two, like the last three seconds of the game, and you're trying to get that shot off. That's how it felt, mm. and it, but it, it felt like you make the shot once it's done. And that's the the rush I got from that. And that's when I, I literally, they say you got bit by the bug. That's when I literally got bit. It was right then, because as soon as that happened, I started. How can I do this again? How could I be in front of this camera and say words again? Mm-hmm. So that's I met all kinds of people and said, I met um, James Whitecloud. He's an actor. And I asked him, how do you get started in this? And he literally just told me, you need to start taking classes. That's your first step, take classes. So I started looking up, where can you take classes in Oklahoma? Actors Factory, Oklahoma City, or Norman. Mm-hmm. So I sign up for that. And then, and it's with um, Chris Freihofer, who is, he's, yeah, he's like the casting director in Oklahoma. So, 
start taking classes with um it wasn't with him it was with this uh, my first teacher was chandler and she's an actress she was like on i think she was on fargo yeah she was on fargo for a little bit Hmm. and um so she taught us like i said and that just changed everything about how i felt because i had an idea of what acting was and how to do it but then once just taking that one class that first day it changed everything and i just knew there was a whole bigger process a lot to learn and how far behind i am but yet how how far behind i am but how it's going to take how much how hard work it's going to take to um keep moving up and then i started taking classes there i took a bunch of classes there i ended up taking one two three i think four different three or four different classes in norman driving from tulsa to norman Mm -hmm. and then but that helped me to get on to Reservation Dogs. I was on Reservation Dogs season two, episode eight. I played Kyle, um, and that was really fun. And then, still taking classes. But at, then I started. I found uh, this guy named Cody Mayo. He was in Marvel's Runaways, and he moved from. Um, he's from Oklahoma, I believe. He's from Texas or Oklahoma, but he lived in Oklahoma. Moved to uh, Los Angeles. Then once Oklahoma got that rebate and everything and things are starting. Because right now, Oklahoma is in a boom for uh, in the movie industry. Yeah. Um, so he came back here to start teaching. And he opened up a studio. Um, I waited a few months just to see, you know, what people would say about his studio. Because there's other studios that came and now they're gone. You know, just because like we said, there's a lot of things going on that you have to be wary of because of this boom is this just like any other boom there's going to be people that will want to take advantage mm-hmm. so i was making sure he wasn't one of those type of people and he's definitely not he's helped me tremendously i've been taking classes with him now for a year um he i want to say he i got a lead role these past uh, last month i got to go to atlanta georgia and on that movie it's just a short film called moon eyes that is a non-union film, so I can I can talk about it, um, which was really cool. My first, like, official, you know, get paid lead role type thing. So that that was amazing. Hmm. That was amazing for me. That's another. Like I said, that this shows that I'm going in the right direction. Yeah. And then meeting everybody, like um, like Elijah Elijah Pratt. Mm-hmm. He's he gave me some good information, some good wisdom. And I, I just found that I met him playing basketball because I always thought he looked familiar to me. Mm-hmm. So I asked him, like, have we played basketball? He's like, yeah, at False Creek, we played basketball again. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever he was real young. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, but he <laughs> ended up beating him really bad out there, something <laughs> like this. So. Uh, um, so, yeah, I met a lot of people playing basketball. And I was in a PSA um for for um prostate cancer for OU Medical Center mm-hmm. so all you guys get your chibos checked you know <laughs> um what else oh James Whitecloud who I mentioned before and uh Jeremy Goodvoice Jeremy Goodvoice started writing he wrote a play that I got to be in um we played I played we played we ended up playing like little kids during trick or treating mm-hmm. and he made a he made a story about a dear woman and um, what was it? We were trick or treating, 
Dear Woman is on the loose. And the very last scene, um, people get taken. No, no, the very last scene is she needs help. And we're like, yeah, we can help you out. What's going on? And then all of a sudden, I forget how, I forget how it goes. But all of a sudden, like, I fall down. And that's how I see her hooves. And that's like the very last line is, hooves, oh. oh, you know. Yeah. That's the, and then it, you know, it fades to black. Uh-huh. So, but yeah, it was really, really fun. That was my first time being in a, um, a play as an adult, I guess you should, I could say. Mm-hmm. And Jeremy Good Voice wrote that. Uh, and it was at the, uh, what was it? Blackjack Theater Company. They do a lot of stuff here in Tulsa. They're always doing stuff. Um, but yeah, oh, but yeah, but James and Jeremy, they're all, they wrote a script uh, called Leftovers where um, me, James, or not James, uh, James is the director, uh, Damon Waters, he's the, he would be the, um, I guess, assistant director slash camera operator slash sound, and you know, he did all, all the background stuff, basically, he had a, mm-hmm. he had a drone, we ended up filming uh, a short that Jeremy and James kind of collaborated with and wrote. And I got to be one of the leads in that with them. And they're wanting to start a, a, a production company and they're wanting to just to make movies and just so, you know, telling native stories from Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And so they're working on, you know, we're already working on another one that we hope to film soon too. Um, you know, James is always working. I think he's shooting a movie right now, matter of fact. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Jeremy's always writing. Jeremy got some good good time um, in that movie, I can't say. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Um, I'll say it. No, it's <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what would happen if anything, but yeah. who knows? Let's not risk it. Yeah, not risk it. <laughs> But yeah, I think. What else have I done? And it's just, it's just everything's been happening really, really fast. And like, in a span of just three years, mm-hmm. in a span of three years, I've done so much. I've had so much fun. Met so many people. I'm on this podcast. And you know, I've I never thought any of this was possible. I didn't think any. Like I said, all this came because of the, the, um, the movies. You know, the sort of the Cherokee Nation opened up that. Uh, movie studio in Owasso. Oh yeah. Um, the rebate came. Prairie Surf Media. They're a big movie um, house. Not house, but what do you call it? Another production studio out in Oklahoma City. So all those that brought in Tulsa Kings. Oh yeah, I did background work. Background work is so fun. If you ever want to just start, that's how you would start. It's just, just just get in the background. See if you like that. Because if you don't like background, then you are not going to have the patience to be an actor. Because mm. it's just because it literally is. You're sitting and waiting to get on camera to maybe get seen. Because mm-hmm. your background, your little background, if you ever just watch watch any show, any movie, and look at the background, sometimes it's all blurred out. But they need people back there. They, yeah. need, they need stuff going on back there. But I got to be in um, 1883 as background. I get to be a blurry little blur. And then I got to be in, um, what else? I got to be in a, a Tulsa King. You can I, you can see me pretty good in Tulsa King. I was in episode two. You can see me walk behind Sylvester Stallone as he's trying to get his um, 
trying to get a, a debit card or whatever, or a credit card <laughs> in that scene. And um, what else? Is background anything? I think those are the two, two biggest things I did background on. Because oh, then after that, because of Reservation Dogs and because of a good word by Chris Freihofer, I ended up getting an agent out of Dallas. And she's a pretty big agent. I didn't like. I, said, I didn't think I was gonna get a agent yet at all. Out of that was just my out of my second year of acting. Mm-hmm. But because of um, the boom in Oklahoma and because of the rise in native movies popping up, they just I was a good fit for her roster at the time. So I get to I have an agent now, which is really weird to stay say still. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's good though. Because I could like reading books and stuff. They were always talking about how that takes about seven years, and then that's living in Los Angeles. Oh, really? You have to move to Los Angeles, and it takes about seven years of just you hustling, you working to get an agent. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot different here. Mm-hmm. I hear the same thing. It's like, well, I mean, that was the plan. If you wanted to be an actor, you would move to Los Angeles. Everything's high, mm-hmm. and you're working whatever job you could to pay whatever bills you need. I wanted to act too, but like you said, there just wasn't enough things happening here before the boom happened. I don't even know when that boom happened though. I honestly, like I, I kind of had like an idea of when it happened, but it's basically, I just forgot about it. It's basically when that movie, I can't say popped off. That's when I was never even heard of anything going on here. I know there's been, Stuff happening before that. Well, oh, yeah, there had to. But maybe. I can't remember what it is. Because James was always James started acting in 2019. He told me, and he was like he said he's been doing, yeah, movies all through that. So, mm-hmm. dang, I can't remember because I was working at River Spirit. Oh no, Osage. And I was in a Golden Arm. It's like about women uh, arm wrestling. <laughs> and Dot Jones or Dot, like her name, but she was like the trainer in that movie, like a female over the top. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. That's cool. And uh, but I was I was like background in that. But if you, it's like I'm like you could see me in like the first like minute and a half of that thing, and I get pushed by the main villain. But like you said, I just have the patience. Like I, it was a lot of waiting around. Mm-hmm. And you're tired, and then you gotta get situated after you've been sitting for like so long, and you don't know how long you're gonna be there. It could be like an hour, it could be twelve hours. Like that one was like eleven hours. I was there, and I got there at like ten a.m., and I didn't leave till that night. And so I was just like, I like it. It's cool, but I don't know if it's for me. Like yeah. I don't. I mean, it takes a lot of work, a lot of time. And I don't know if, like, I like it enough to achieve that job, I guess, right? Like, but, I mean, it's not a job, like, because you're constantly looking for other things to do. Like, you're jobless pretty much. You're unemployed until you get this job, which is, like, what I do now. Like, I, I work for gigs and stuff, but, but I mean, it just, I, I didn't like it enough to just pursue it enough. But, I mean, like you said, man, like... It's a lot of work. People just think, "Oh, you're just you're just in front of the camera talking. You're just remembering lines." But I mean, there's so much that goes into that. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you took cl- you you 
you're still taking classes and it's like a constant thing. And I remember uh, talking to Eli and hearing him talk about acting and how even though he's in a lot of stuff, like he's still constantly in classes, acting classes. He may retake them and do them again just to do them. Like you're always refreshing your skills and you're always like just constantly it's a work. And and then I think it was I think it was him or somebody else was talking about like you know the roles they get and then what money they get. They throw a piece of that into more classes mm-hmm. in investment. And so but I mean it's it's a lot of hard work like people don't understand how hard it is to be an actor, you know, like I know about auditioning. You don't get every audition you do. I know I know people do a bunch of auditions and they just like they could do like I don't know, a hundred and land five or something like that. It's the thing, like, it, and you got to be mentally strong because it is a, it is a lot of no. Yeah. But the way you think about it though is, you don't think about the job or the getting to act on camera part as like the audition is the reward. Yeah, the audition, you know, being able just to audition that's that's a big honor yeah. because that that means the casting director thought you could do it. That means. Uh, the production you you get you're, you're getting seen by the production that you know it means there's a lot of people who think you can do it mm-hmm. but because it doesn't mean that you're a bad actor if you don't get the job it, it just simply might mean you're not tall enough yeah it might mean your hair is too short too mm-hmm. long your eyes aren't the right color it, like i said it literally just means it could be something as simple as that is the reason why you didn't get the job mm-hmm. but yeah like I said, i've auditioned for tons of stuff already and like i said i'm just happy to be doing that honestly yeah and then one day like i said i got a lead in a in a short film my first lead my first paying lead and i thought that was like i said that made it all worth it that made like i said that made me help me to remember that i'm i am moving forward i am moving up so i just can't wait till this strike is over and everything keeps moving forward because like right now everything's kind of at a standstill, mm-hmm. no auditions really, unless it's like like um, uh, non-union work and stuff. And so, because I, I still got things coming up, I got um, another short film, but it's just a student film mm-hmm. that I'm helping some guys out with. And then I'm waiting on another film to start back up, but the director is he's been doing a bunch of stuff, but because of the writer's strike, we can't start back up yet. So it's just there's other things, and then I had an, then there's other things like you could get a job, and then just because of money situation, especially since it's uh, still small films and stuff, he ended up having to push it out real far. So I don't even know if we'll get to do that or not. He's, he keeps saying we will, but you, you just never know with this business what's mm-hmm. going to happen. That's other it's very 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 unpredictable. Even if you get told yes and you start working on it, because we started working on it, we started training for it. I started like learning how to use a musket. I started, you know, Ooh. like we started doing like tactical drills, and we were about to go out and do like a three-day, three-night um, tactical training um, camp, I guess, and just for this movie. But then that's when he found out that he lost uh, some of his backers in the movie, and then he had to shelf it because the production company wanted to start this other movie that they thought they were going to uh, get a bigger name actor for. But then even that got pushed because they couldn't come to a, a deal with that big name actor. <laughs> so 
Yeah, it's just, it's just it's very unpredictable too. So oh yeah, if you start out, make sure you have a job. Yeah, you know, because thank you. Shout out to Bama Pie because that's where I work, and they really were. They they are very um, encouraging of me in my acting. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. And he brought some pies. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. That's what everybody says. <laughs> I was just kidding. No pies. No pies. No. But they don't. They don't make that Bama pie anymore. They sold that. Overall. Yeah. So, but you can get one at McDonald's. We make McDonald's pies now. The apple pies. Yeah. Apple pie. All of them. Nice. Yeah, and what else we make? We make the pancakes for them, and we make the biscuits for them, um, and then we make the, the dough for Pizza Hut. Oh really? Yeah. Oh. Okay. I have to go hit them all up after this. Mm-hmm. Over our Pizza Hut. Breakfast is done with. <laughs> no, well, uh, man, I know like we can't talk a lot about future stuff, but once everything's done with, come back on, man, and I'll—I mean, by then I—I would see everything, mm-hmm. and it'd be more comfortable to bring up. I know there's a lot of stuff that's uh, was said, but we got to be really careful about what we say. Yeah. I don't want to get you in trouble. Uh, Chase Parker, that's him. No. Here's his address. Uh, here's his billing information. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. But, yeah, uh, I was going to ask you, so before we cut it, uh, what's what's the, uh, what was, I guess, like, what was done about the writer strike? Because I know it was about, I AI, right? I almost said I, but AI, that was a a big thing about what was possibly going to happen. Like AI would write stuff for the writers. Yeah, that was that was like the AI thing that was scaring everybody. Yeah. And what the other thing was like how the um, like Netflix, Hulu, all the streaming services, the way they pay residuals mm-hmm. and the way they pay. They don't pay like studios. They don't. They don't pay like ABC, NBC. True. Like that. Yeah. It's different, and they pay a lot less. What they do is they pay one big lump sum up front, but then you don't. But then the residuals are real small. Yeah. If there's residuals at all, so that's that was something they were trying to change. I know that was probably was probably one of the bigger things. Yeah. And same with the actors, and then for the background actors, don't ever let yourself get 3D pictured oh yeah because that because if that happens then they don't need you no more sure they can just then you because basically what they'll have you sign is something say that they can use this um they can use your likeness and however they want they can then they don't need you they won't need background actors anymore sure so they're trying to get that taken away i think like you said just a lot of ai stuff and it's a lot of residual stuff with the streaming services because like all the presidents, all the CEOs, they're making so much money, yeah. blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But then they're hardly paying the writers. The writers can't even, you know, live in Los Angeles because you know, you know it's, it's crazy. And so they're just trying to. I know the the WGA, they just got. They're just done with their strike. I guess they got. I don't know. I don't know exactly what they got done and said, but I guess they're happy with it enough mm-hmm. to stop the strike. So now it's the actors' turn. And they are pretty much step in step with the writers, so it's a lot of stuff. And now it's like the little individual things, like you said, like the 3D imaging. Probably, 
like any IA, any AI stuff. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> any, I did the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> any AI stuff at all, and then like I said, the residual stuff. Um, but yeah, I support support the union. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty scary though. I mean, when I first read about that stuff, it was like AI could write scripts, and then and then you're talking about them using your likeness like in movies and it was getting to a point where people are like they don't even they probably won't even need anybody anymore if they could do that mm-hmm. if you just sign away like your rights and yeah go ahead and then it, it would just turn into this whole like ai generated person yeah. in these movies and so it's crazy to think about i think bruce willis did it Oh, did he? Yeah, but I think he oh, had, he's done though. He's yeah. retired. Well, he's retired, and he also has that degenerative whatever d- yeah. disease. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, he did that whole thing. So I guess they can use his likeness, his voice, and all that. So, so you'll might, be seeing. So we might get one more diehard. Then that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that would be weird. <laughs> that would be crazy. Because if it's still, I don't know. I don't. I still don't think. I think for a few years before it looks good. Still. Yeah. Because if it looks like you know how they made a. Uh, What's his name? Robert, Robert De Niro Young. How that this looked weird? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and then like writing, it just—I don't know how that works at all. Well, like I don't know. Somebody posted something on TikTok about a script written by AI, but it was missing like that whole heartfelt stuff because mm-hmm. it doesn't have it doesn't understand that yet. Yeah, and it was missing like a lot of. Um, just things a person, like a real person, would really write. Right. And it just it just didn't... You could tell it was different, but it was learning, I guess. I guess that's what happens, too, is, like, once it does stuff like that, it continuously learns more and more about how to do these things. Yeah. Like, even Snapchat. Snapchat has a, uh, like, an AI friend. And I don't know if you're on Snapchat. Are you on Snapchat? No. So I named mine, like, Ralph or something, something goofy. And I made him look all goofy too. I just made him look all weird. And I was—I <laughs> worked on this. Well, I worked on this other film. I don't know if I could say it either, but um, I was showing my friend because he asked. He's like, "Hey, what are you doing tonight?" And I was like, "Nothing." And he's like, "You won't be in this like background." And I was like, "I ain't doing nothing anyway, so I might as well get paid to do something." Mm-hmm. So we went there, and it was like 9 p.m. We had to be there, and he's a rapper. And so uh, we were talking about AI and stuff, and I showed him my Snapchat, and I was like, "I was like, have you seen this like AI like perform or anything?" He's like, "No," and I was like, "Check this out." So I, I typed in my Snapchat. I said, "Hey, uh, rap like Drake, and make a song." And this thing like wrote a full song, just like Drake, or how it thinks Drake would do it. And I showed him, and he said, "What?" He's like, "That's." that's crazy he's like make it do tech nine <laughs> so i i did i said hey make a song like tech nine would a rap song and it did like it said where he was from the midwest and all these things tech nine would say and it made this song and he was just like blown away he was like he's like why well, he's like that's pretty scary he's like because now it's like anybody could just rap like you could tell this thing hey make a rap song about i don't know love or something and it would create this song and sure it's like got a few tweaks in it but you could tweak it to n- enough to where it would just be an actual song and then he was like that just kind of takes away like the whole 
thought process of sitting down and writing something from yourself when you could just ask this thing to do it and then if it doesn't sound right you could make tweaks to it and write your own stuff and then he was like i wonder what that's gonna look like in a few years he's like i wonder how many rappers we're gonna get like just being having this thing right for you i mean sure it's snapchat but i know there's other programs out there oh, yeah. that are able to write better than probably snapchat yeah, just like, like I've listened to a lot of podcasts too, and I hear a lot of the comedians talking about there are other there are comedians that are letting AI write their jokes. Yeah, it does that too. Yeah, yeah. and I think that's crazy because, like you said, how are they getting? How do they know what's funny? Yeah, yeah. That's AI. <laughs> it's AI. No. <laughs> True. Yeah, but I mean, I I did that too. I on Snapchat, I was just messing around with it, and I put I I said write a joke like a funny joke but it didn't understand like what was funny it just wrote like a little story out and with a a lame uh a lame like uh what's it called punchline punch, punch a, a lame weird punchline that it i i i deleted it i was like that's stupid <laughs> i was like but but i guess like what it does is it keeps learning and learning and learning and and then there was a thing about podcasts too where I think Josh and Isaiah were talking about it, how people are starting podcasts with AI just doing a whole conversation. Like it's a fake podcast. Wow. And these people are producing it, but they're making these whatever talk and their AI voice and what to how like just have a conversation. And it's like on YouTube, there's one and it's, it's just not like human though. Like it, you could tell it's like yeah. off and weird. And so, and so they were talking about it and I checked it out and I was like, I don't know, man. I was like, I don't think, I mean, it could catch on because then it takes away like the actual work a person has to do. If you're scared to talk, then you could just have this thing talk rather than just do it yourself and learn how to talk and not be afraid to do it because mm -hmm. it's scary. It's scary to get on here and just talk and hit record and, put it out for the world to see you know and and so like it just takes away like rapping you know writing it takes away like the whole just the process of like doing it it you just have this thing doing it for you right and so it's like i don't know i was there asking me i was like i don't know man i was like it might take off but it it's hard to say i was like i don't know how much it would upgrade itself and then like the people that make it they would upgrade it too so I mean, it just kind of, I guess, would be at war. <laughs> that's yeah, yeah. That's basically what's going on with that strike, though. Yeah. Too, they're trying to prevent you know all that from happening. That way, there's still real people. Yeah, you know, in front of the camera, behind the camera type stuff. Because mm -hmm. if not, it's just gonna be AI movies. It's crazy, man. No more like even like uh, animation too. I but. Mean, they were saying though, like then your premium though would be back into like theater. That's what they were kind of saying, like oh. live events and stuff. Because true, it would go back to that whole that'd be play, the, the the plays and oh yeah, that'd be your premium again. I like plays now. You know, Charmin does plays, and I've been to a few plays. And growing up, I just never, I just never thought to go. Yeah, I just didn't. I don't know. It's it's different from the movies, obviously, mm -hmm. but I grew up watching movies and everything. And when I finally went to a play, it was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Like, yeah. you get to see, like, actual humans with each other. 
Like there's, uh, it's it's a lot different, but I like them. So if it goes back to that, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> there's a few. There's a lot of movies that I wish were plays. And so I don't know if you ever watched Cube. You ever watched Cube? N- no. Kind of a scary movie, I guess. Who's in it? Uh, it's some unknown. It's, it came out in '97. The Right Potatoes did a review on it, and I never watched it before. I remember seeing it in like in uh, video stores, but I just never thought to watch it. It looked kind of oh, yeah. stupid. But they're trapped in this cube, and it's kind of like Saw. But they have to they have to make their way out of this cube and everything and go through all these like changes that happen within this cube, and so. But it takes place in one thing, like they're climbing, and that's it. They're climbing through cubes and trying to maneuver their way out, and so James brought up like, oh, this would be a, a cool play because it's one uh, location, yeah, like on, yeah. on a stage, and it doesn't take much because I know. And plays, you got to act one, act two, you got to change everything. So, but he was just saying, like, this would be a, a pretty crazy play. And I was, I was watching, I was like, man, this would be a, this would be an awesome play. I would love to see this as a play. So, uh, anybody out there, <laughs> make this happen in Tulsa. <laughs> see, I was, I was, I was getting confused though. Like, Cube, there's that Jennifer um, Lopez. Oh. The cell, the cell. I was that's okay. Right. That's, yeah. I got those two mixed up. Okay. Yeah. But the cube is different. Yeah. <laughs> I never watched the cell. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I, I hear that's a crazy movie too. Yeah. It's like kind of out there. I'd have to rewatch. I haven't watched it like since it came out, so I'd have to rewatch it again. Well, it's hard to believe that's Vince Vaughn, right? <laughs> he's the uh, villain, I guess, in that movie. So it's hard because he's. In, I grew up with him, and the first movie I watched him in was Old School. Right. Yeah. And he after that it was like funny films, and then like to go back and hear like the cell, I was like, what is Vince Vaughn? Like it just doesn't seem right. So mm-hmm. I'll have to check it out. And old J Lo, yep. J Lo's in that. I'm, uh, I like a uh, Anaconda. <laughs> That's probably like my favorite movie of hers. And Made in Manhattan. Uh, Selena. Ooh, Selena. Wait, yes, Selena's? I forgot about that. Yep. Selena's. But yeah, dude, uh, we'll probably cut it right here. And once your projects come out, and once everything gets situated, man, come back on. Yeah, we'll talk more about those experiences and because <laughs> definitely, mean, yeah, definitely, maybe, maybe everything will be uh, settled settled by then. Yeah, yeah, and then, like I said, we're going to war. Yeah, <laughs> us against AI. It's finally, it's finally happening. Skynet. Yep. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> they were right. For real, dude. They were right. But uh, let everybody know where to follow you. And I guess, like, where to catch you on past projects. Because I don't, I don't know if we could. Yeah. Hmm. Future would be a little dicey, I think. Let's see here. Um, you, you can follow me on um, the, real, uh, the Real Chase Parker on Instagram. And then I think if you just look up Chase Parker on facebook you can find me not there's like two accounts because i forgot my password and so i had to make a new account so it's not the one with the picture with me and the horse it's the the other one and then then, um that's the only two things i'm on and then uh let's see here you oh i I was we talk about that the um i was in one of my very first movies too was mark abbott directed um um 
Indian truck. I, I got to play uh, Jesus in that. And so that's on YouTube right now. You can see me there. Um, that was my very first acting thing, so be kind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> be nice. Yeah. <laughs> but um, then everything else really hasn't come out yet. Mm-hmm. Well, you can see Res Dogs on, oh, yeah. on Hulu right now, season two, episode eight. And then, like I said, if you want to pause... 1883 and pause <laughs> the Tulsa King you can see me blurred out there um, yeah that's it for now For yes for now yeah and so yeah once everything gets settled come back on and we'll talk about the future the that future. has happened yeah yeah a little dicey right now but yeah. man thank you for coming on yeah, thank you for having me of course man it was it was a pleasure i always love seeing you and aaron out and about yep. whenever we go to events and everything and just kind of catching up but uh yeah we'll have to do this again uh, everybody go follow him check out the past things he's been on and oh, yeah. we can't mention anything coming up but if you see him tag him yep tag him you'll 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 know him you'll know him when you see these future projects it's just weird right now because the whole strikes but go follow them check them out and check out indian truck on youtube yep and i'm gonna go check that out as well you can also see that psa if you really wanted to oh check out the psa for ou medical center yeah it's chibo yeah get your chibos checked yep yep especially when you're getting up in age like me But everybody go follow him, keep up with him, and follow Okie Podcasts wherever you listen to podcasts, on Apple, Spotify, Google. I would say Google it, and you would find it. Uh, you could add me on Facebook, Russell Sun Eagle. Uh, follow me on Instagram, at Okie Podcasts, at Rustamus49. And also check out Spirit Talkers. Um, follow us on Instagram, TikTok. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, go like and follow our Facebook page. And if you have any stories you would want us to read on Spirit Talkers, send it to me, uh, Russell Sunny, go on Facebook, or Tyler Randall, or Chris Hill. And we will get your stories read and also keep it anonymous if you want. So let us know that as well. And so I guess until next time, everybody. Peace. Bye. I went to Haskell. When I was at Haskell, one thing happened while I was in the dorm. I was in Blaylock dorm. And in front of my window, there's no trees. There's nothing around. There's no trees, like, far away. But there was a knocking on my window. It was...
It wasn't at the door. It was at my window. I didn't go. I didn't get up and look. I just turned around and put the covers on my head. And went back to sleep. I said nothing else I could do, so I did that. And then it might have been that same year, but I ended up going to a um, a a retreat at some lake. I don't want to say you follow lake, but it might have been. But there used to be a hotel. There was like a big hotel that used to be out there. I don't know if it still is or not. Mm-hmm. But we were all out there. And it was like a Methodist retreat with all like uh, college kids. So it was all a bunch of college kids. We were, it was like everything was done. We were just all sitting outside, and by the by the by the um, the shoreline, we see these deer come walking. It was like a mama deer and a baby deer, but then all of a sudden they get up on their hind legs, what? and then they jump on their hind legs and run off Whoa. into the woods. We could we could always see like silhouette. We couldn't like you could tell it was a deer. And they, you can tell they get up, and you can tell they jump off and run off. That freaked everybody out. Everybody ran inside. It was like multiple people saw it. Oh. It wasn't just me. So those are my two stories. Oh, my God. Well, besides seeing UFOs in Montana, but that was about it. Really? Yeah. I like my mom going my grandma's house. I saw, I was probably like seven or eight. I saw a light go above our head, go toward the mountain, turn around, come back. That was it. That's all I saw. Whoa. But that freaked me out. Yeah. So nobody believed me. I have no verification. Can't verify it. Yeah, we had a story. Uh, I forgot who sent it, but they were talking about a deer that got up on its hind legs. And it kind of like, it was near them in their car and they just stood up. Mm. And they drove off. <laughs> I forgot what story that, or like what episode that was. I think we told it too, but yeah, I think it was kind of like back roads mm-hmm. for like forty nines, and this thing just—they said it was a giant deer though, like a big ass deer, and it just like stood up like a man or a person, and they just like—I I don't know—I'd do the same. I'd be like, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that I remember. It reminds me of. We were driving, we were, we came to Tulsa just for a little bit, and then we drove back to Lawrence, because we were still living in Lawrence. And my friend was with us, because he was going to school there at the time. And for some reason, we saw the Aurora Borealis going to Lawrence. So it was in the northern sky, because we were driving north. But then something flew it out of a car window, turned sideways, and dodged us. I don't know what it was. It could have been, you know, it could have been, it was white, and it was probably about, so big it could have been a napkin you know it could have been something like a sheet I don't know something piece of garbage but that's what it did but it seemed like it turned direction because it didn't hit our windshield it just took off but that was during the world borealis so just like that and that just really freaked us out because you're just not knowing what that was but couldn't tell you (laughs) (laughs) yeah I didn't even think that ask you if you had anything because I know Haskell's pretty haunted too yeah I did a what Taps was real not, was that uh, mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about that that TV show yeah. was really big whenever back then mm-hmm. so I took we took Polaroid cameras and we went around we went to the medicine wheel and we went to we heard stories at the at the um, at the theater of Everybody was in there. It's supposed to be. You know, there were people just sitting there, and they're about to close up, and nobody should be in the back. 
But then all of a sudden they see somebody's hand come out of the curtain and start going like this. But then it starts raising up. It goes up high and it keeps sailing. Then everybody runs out. That was one of the stories that, like, they were telling on during Halloween time and they were just telling stories like that. And there's always stories about Pocahontas. You go down into the basement where the laundry is. You have to go down and do your laundry. Mm-hmm. There's always stories about there. Just noises and stuff. Um, I know Bay Cohen has a lot of stories. I went there for a two-week thing with Indian, with um, IHS. They were putting on something there. but they, A bunch of youth went there. I was one of the youth. And one of the girls, she left because she said she saw at the foot of her bed some, a black thing pop up. So it looked like a sock, you know, like, like a black sock. Mm-hmm. But then it smiled and it had big white teeth. You know, like that orange that has like real eyes and real has like a real mouth. It looked like that, but you know, with a black sock. What? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we had a guy. <clears throat> he used to play at SKC, and I guess he transferred to Bacon. But he said like he would run in the mornings, and then every I guess he'd run he'd run by the gym, but he would hear people playing in mm. there, and uh, he asked the coach. He was like. Are you guys like practicing? He's like, Cause I'm up anyways and I want to come practice. And he said, Nobody should be in there, especially at like 7 a.m., 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. And he said, But you could hear the the shoes squeaking and the balls bouncing and people talking. Yeah. And and he would always like run by there and hear that, but he would never look in. He just thought it was people, actual people in there. But he was like, It's, it's weird because it's so early. And there's, like, a lot of people in there, so he thought it was practice. But, yeah, when he got told that, he was like, oh. He's like, well, I hear him in there. <laughs> and he, we just, they summed it up to just spirits. Yeah. 